Today we are going to learn about clavicle, scapula and humerus. The clavicle is a long bone. It supports the shoulder so that the arm can swing clearly away from the trunk. The clavicle transmits the weight of the limb to the sternum. The bone has a curved part called the staff, shaft and the two ends lateral and medial. Side determination. The side to which a clavicle belongs can be determined from the following characters. The lateral end is flat and the medial end is large and quadrilateral. The shaft is slightly curved so that the convex forwards in its medial two-third and concave forwards in, in, in its lateral one-third. The inferior surface is grouped longitudinally in its middle one-third. Peculiarities of the clavicle it is the only long bone that lies horizontally. It is subcutaneous throughout. It is the first bone to start ossifying. It is the only long bone which ossifies in membrane. It is the only long bone which has two primary centers of ossification. There is no medullary cavity. It is occasionally pierced by the middle supraclavicular nerve. It receives weight of upper limb via lateral one-third through coracoclavicular ligament and transmits weight of upper limb to the axial skeleton via medial two-third part. Features Shaft The shaft is divided into the lateral one-third and the medial two-third. The lateral one-third of the shaft is flattened from above downward. It has two borders, anterior and posterior. The anterior border is concave forwards. The posterior border is convex backward. This part of bone has two surfaces, superior and inferior. The superior surface is subcutaneous and the inferior surface presents an elevation called the conoid, Greek cone, tubercle and a ridge called the trapezoid ridge. The medial two-third of the shaft is rounded and is said to have four surfaces. The anterior surface is convex forwards. The posterior surface is smooth. The superior surface is rough in its middle part. The inferior surface has a long oval impression at the medial end. The lateral surface of this surface has a longitudinal subclavian groove. The nutrient foramen lies at the lateral end of the groove. Lateral and medial ends. The lateral or acromial Greek peak of shoulder and is flattened from above downwards. It bears a facets that articulate with the acromion process of the scapula to form the acromioclavicular joint. The medial or sternal end is quadrangular and articulates with the clavicular notch of the manubrium sterni to form the sternoclavicular joint. The articular surface extends to the inferior speck for articulation with the first coastal cartilage. Attachments at the lateral end, the margin of the articular surface of its acromioclavicular joint give attachments to the joint capsule. At the medial end, the margin of the articular surface for the sternum give attachment to the a fibrous capsule of the sternoclavicular joint all around articular disc posterior superiorly, interclavicular ligament posterior superiorly. In the figure. Given below, we can see that trapezius, lateral end, sternocleidomastoid, capsule of sternoclavicular joint, pectoralis major, subclavius, deltoid, capsule of acromioclavicular joint, trapezius, trapezoid and conoid part of coracoclavicular ligament, sternohyoid, costoclavicular ligament.
lateral one third of the shaft the anterior border gives origin to the deltoid muscle the posterior border provides insertion of the trapezius muscle the conoid tubercle and the trapezoid ridge give attachment to the conoid and trapezoid part of the coracoclavicular ligament okay medial two third of the shaft most of the anterior surface gives origin to the pectoralis major half of the rough surface rough superior surface gives origin to the clavicular head of the sternocleidomastoid the oval impression on the inferior surface at medial end give attachment to the costoclavicular ligament the subclavian groove give insertion to the subclavius muscle the margins of the group give attachment to the clavipectoral fascia the posterior surface close to the medial and gives origin to the sternohyoid muscle the subclavian vessel and the divisions of trunk or the brachial plexus pass towards the axilla line between the inferior surface of the clavicle and upper surface of the first rib subclavius muscle acts as a cushion the nutrient foramen transmits a branch of the suprascapular artery ossification the clavicle is the first bone in the body to ossify except for its its medial end it ossifies in membrane it ossifies from two primary centers and one secondary center the two primary center appears in the shaft between the fifth and sixth week of intrauterine life and fuses about the 45th day The secondary center for the medial end appears during 15 to 17 years and fuses with the shaft during 21 to 22 years. Occasionally there may be a secondary center for the acromial end. Two primary center, secondary center in sternal end. Okay. Now clinical anatomy. The clavicle is commonly fractured by falling on the outstretched hand in direct violence. The most common site of fracture is the junction between the two curvatures of the bone, which is the weakest point. The lateral fragment is displaced downward by the weight of the limb as trapezius muscle alone is unable to support the weight of upper limb. The clavicle may be congenital congenitally absent or imperfectly developed in a disease called cleidocranial dysostosis in this condition the shoulder droops and can be approximated anteriorly in front of the chest trapezius ends of the fractured clavicle deltoid sternocleidomastoid muscle cleidocranial dysostosis clavicles absent on both ends and the shoulders approximated so here we can say that two primary centers and secondary center in sternal end is present okay thank you now we are going to see this anatomy of a scapula the shoulder blade scapula latin shoulder blade is a thin bone present on the posterior lateral aspect of the thoracic cage The scapula has two surfaces, three borders, three angles and three processes. It has two surfaces, three borders, three angles and three processes. Side determination. The lateral or glenoid Greek socket angle is large and bears the glenoid cavity. The dorsal surface is convex and is divided by the triangular spine into the supraspinous and the infraspinous fossa. 
the coastal surface is occupied by the concave subscapular fossa to fit on the convex chest wall. The thickest lateral border runs from the glenoid cavity above to the inferior angle below. Surfaces Features Surfaces the First, the coastal surface or subscapular fossa is concave and is directed medially and forwards. It is marked by three longitudinal ridges. Another thick ridge adjoins the lateral border. This part of the bone is almost rod-like. It acts as a lever for the action of the serratus anterior in overhead abduction of the arm. The dorsal surface gives attachment to the spine of the scapula, which divides the surface into the smaller supraspinous fossa and the larger infraspinous fossa. The two fossa are connected by the spinoglenoid notch, situated lateral to the root of the spine. Borders The superior border is shortest near the root of the coracoid process. It presents the suprascapular notch. The lateral border is thick. At the upper end, it presents the infraglenoid tubercle. The medial border is thin. It extends from the superior angle to the inferior angle. Angles. The superior angle is covered by the trapezius. The inferior angle is covered by the latissimus dorsi. It moves forward around the chest when the arm is abducted. The lateral or glenoid angle is broad and bears the glenoid cavity or fossa, which is directed forwards laterally and slightly upwards. A supraglenoid tubercle is present above the glenoid cavity. Processes the spine or spinous processes is a triangular plate of the bone with three borrows and two surfaces. It divides the dorsal surface of the scapula into supraspinous and the infraspinous fossa. Its posterior border is called crest of the spine. The crest has upper and lower lips. The chromium process has two borrows, medial and lateral, two surfaces, superior and inferior, and a facet for the clavicle. The coracoid Greek, like crow's beak, process is directed forwards and slightly laterally. It is bent and finger-like. It is an atavistic type of epiphysis. Coracoid process is a atavistic type of epiphysis. Now, attachments of the scapula. The multipinnate subscapularis muscle arises from the medial two-third of the subscapular fossa. The supraspinatus arises from the medial two-third of the supraspinous fossa, including the upper surface of the spine. The infraspinatus arises from the medial two-third of the infraspinous fossa, including the lower surface of the spine. The deltoid arises from the lower border of the crest of the spine and from the lateral border of the acromion. The acromion fibers are multipinnate. The trapezius is inserted into the upper border of the crest of the spine and into the medial border of the acromion process. The serratus anterior is inserted along the medial border of the costal surface, one digitation from the superior angle to the root of the spine, two digitations to the medial border and five digitations to the inferior angle. The long head of biceps brachii arises from the supraglenoid tubercle and the short head from the lateral part of the tip of the coracoid process. The coracobrachialis arises from the medial part of the tip of the coracoid process.
Now here you can see the pectoralis minor is inserted into the medial borer and superior surface of the coracoid process. The lateral head of the triceps brachii arises from the infraglenoid tubercle. The teres minor arises by the two slips from the upper two-third of the rough strip on the dorsal surface along the lateral border. The circumflex and scapular arteries lies between the two slips. The teres major arises from the lower one-third of the root rough strip on the dorsal surface of the lateral border. Latissimus dorsi arises from the inferior angle. Levator scapulae is inserted along the dorsal aspect of the medial border from the superior angle up to the root of the spine. The rhomboid minor is inserted into the medial border dorsal aspect opposite to the root of the spine. The rhomboid minor is inserted into the medial border dorsal aspect between the root of the spine and the inferior angle. The inferior belly of the omohyoid arises from the upper border near the suprascapular notch. The margin of the glenoid cavity gives attachment to the capsule of the shoulder joint and to the glenoid labrum. The margin of the facet on the medial aspect of the acromion process gives attachment to the capsule, the acromioclavicular joint. Coracoacromial ligament is attached to the lateral border of the coracoid process and B to the medial side of the tip of the acromion process. Coracohumeral ligament, coracoacromial ligament, acromioclavicular ligament. These are the ligaments on the scapula. The coracohumeral ligament is attached to the root of the coracoid process. The coracoclavicular ligament is attached to the coracoid process, the trapezoid part on the superior aspect and the conoid part near the root. The transverse ligament bridges across the suprascapular notch and converts it into the foramen which transmits the suprascapular nerve. The suprascapular vessel lie above the ligament. The spinoglenoid ligament may bridge the spinoglenoid notch, the suprascapular vessels and nerves parts deep to it. Ossification The scapula ossifies from one primary center and seven secondary centers. The primary centers appear near the glenoid cavity during the eighth week of the development. The first secondary center appears in the middle of the coracoid process during the first year and fuses by the fifteenth year. The subcoracoid center appears in the root of the coracoid process during the 10th year and fuses by the 16th to 18th years. The other centers including 2 to 4 acromion process, one for the lower two-third of the margin of the glenoid cavity, one for the medial border and one for the inferior angle, appears at puberty and fuses by the 25th year. The fact of practical importance is concerned with the acromial process. If the two centers appearing for acromial process fails to unite, it may be interpreted as a fracture on the radiological examination. In such cases, a radiograph of the opposite acromion process will mostly reveal similar failure of union. Now, ossification of scapula, subcoracoid center, appearance 10th year fusion 16th to 18th year. Primary center during 8th week of intrauterine life. Appearance at puberty, medial border and fusion at 25th year, inferior angle.
for a quiet process. Appearance first year and fusion fifteenth year. Two for the acromial process and lower part of the glenoid cavity. Appearance at puberty fusion twenty fifth year. Right scapula superior aspect. Pectoralis minor, conoid and trapezoid part of the coracoclavicular ligament. Supra scapular notch and ligament. Omohyoid inferior belly, superior angle, supraspinatus, trapezius, spinous process, deltoid, spinoglenoid notch, glenoid cavity, capsule of the acromioclavicular joint, coracoacromial ligament, biceps brachii, long head, coracohumeral ligament, coracoacromial ligament, coracobrachialis, and short head of biceps brachii. Now, General features of right scapula postal surface acromion process, coracoid process, supraglenoid tubercle, glenoid cavity, lateral angle, infraglenoid tubercle, lateral border, inferior angle, medial border, subscapular fossa, superior angle, superior border, suprascapular notch, facet for articulation with the clavicle. General features of right scapula dorsal surface. Medial border of acromion process, coracoid process, suprascapular notch, spinous process, supraspinous fossa, crest of spine of the scapula, infraspinous fossa, infraglenoid tubercle, lateral border of the acromion process, articular surface of the acromioclavicular joint. Attachments of right scapula costal aspect, pectoralis minor, deltoid. Coracobrachialis and short head of biceps brachii, long head of biceps brachii from the supraglenoid tubercle, long head of triceps brachii from infraglenoid tubercle, capsule of the solar joint, coracoclavicular ligament, subscapularis, fourth to fourth to eight digitation serratus anterior, injursion at medial border of the coastal surface, second and third digitation, and first digitation. Omohyoid inferior belly, suprascapular ligament, capsule of the acromioclavicular ligament, clavicular facet. Attachments of the right scapular dorsal aspect, supraspinatus, levator scapuli, rhomboid minor, rhomboid major, trapezius, deltoid, coracobrachialis, and short head of biceps brachii, circumflex scapular artery with two slips of teres minor, infraspinatus. Teres major, latissimus dorsi. Now the clinical aspect and clinical anatomy related to the scapula. Paralysis of the serratus anterior causing, causes winging of the scapula. The medial border of the bone becomes underly prominent and the arm can't be abducted beyond 90 degrees. Okay, the scaphoid scapula is a develop, developmental anomaly in which the medial border is concave. Thank you. today we are going to listen and I will you will listen and I will speak about the humerus bone okay and it is the arm bone or brachium bone 
Humerus is the bone of the arm. It is the longest bone of the upper limb. It has an upper rounded end and a lower flattened end and a shaft. The upper end is rounded to form the head. The lower end is expanded from side to side and flattened from before backwards. The head is directed medially upwards and backwards. The lateral tubercle projects from the front of the upper end and is limited laterally by the intertubercular sulcus or bicipital groove. Features Upper end The head is directed medially backwards upwards. It articulates with the glenoid cavity or the scapula to form the shoulder joint. The head forms about one-sixth, one-third of the sphere and much larger than the glenoid cavity. The line separating the head from the rest of the upper end is called the anatomical neck. What is the anatomical neck? The line separating the head from the rest of the upper end is called the anatomical neck. The lesser tubercle, lateral, Latin is lump, is an elevation on the anterior aspect of the upper end. The greater tubercle is an elevation that forms the lateral part of the upper end, its upper end, and the posterior aspect is marked by three impressions, upper, medial, and lower. The intertubercular sulcus or bicipital groove separates the lesser tubercle medially from the anterior part of the greater tubercle. The sulcus has a medial and a lateral lip that represents downward pro- prolongations of the lesser and greater tubercles. The narrow line separating the upper end of humerus from the shaft is called the surgical neck. What is the surgical neck? The upper narrow line, the narrow line separating the upper end of the humerus from the shaft is called the surgical neck. Morphological neck lies above surgical neck at the junction of convex end of diaphysis and a concave end of the upper epiphysis. There are three necks actually in the humerus. That is the anatomical neck, the surgical neck and the morphological neck. And what is the morphological neck? Lies above surgical neck at the junction of the convex end of the diaphysis with concave end of the upper epiphysis. Now, shaft. The shaft is rounded in the upper half and triangular in the lower half. It has three borders and three surfaces. Borders. The upper one-third of the anterior border forms the lateral lip of the intertubercular sulcus. In its middle part, it forms the anterior margin of the deltoid tuberosity. The lower half of the anterior border is smooth and rounded. The lateral border is prominent only at the lower end where it forms the lateral intersupracondylar ridge. In the upper part, it is barely traceable up to the posterior surface of the greater tubercle. In the middle part, it is interrupted by the radial or spiral groove. The upper part of the medial border forms the medial lip of the intertubercular sulcus. About its middle, it presents a rough strip. It is continuous below with the medial supracondylar ridge. Surfaces The anterolateral surface lies between the anterior and the lateral border. The upper half of the surface is covered by the deltoid. A little above the middle, it is marked by a V-shaped deltoid, Greek triangular-shaped tuberosity. 
behind the deltoid tuberosity. The radial groove runs downwards and forwards across the surface. The anteromedial surface lies between the anterior and the medial border. Its upper one-third is narrow and the forms the floor of the intertubercular sulcus. A uh, nutrient foramen is seen near the medial border below its medial butt. The posterior surface lies between the middle and the lateral border. Its upper part is marked by the oblique crease. The middle one-third is crossed by the radial groove. Now the lower end. The lower end of the humerus forms the condyle which is expanded from side to side and has articular and non-articular parts. The articular part includes the following. The capitulum, Latin, little head, is a rounded projection which articulates with the head of the radius. Capitulum means little head. Okay. Red of head of the radius. The trochlea, Greek means pulley, is a pulley-shaped surface, articulates with the trochlear notch of the ulna. The medial edge of the trochlea projects down 6 mm more than the lateral edge. This results in the formation of the carrying angle. The non-articular part includes the following. The medial epicondyle is a prominent bony projection on the medial side of the lower end. It is subcutaneous and is usually felt on the medial side of the elbow. The lateral epicondyle is smaller than the medial epicondyle. Its anterolateral part has a muscular impression. The sharp lateral margin just above the lower end is called the lateral supracondylar ridge. The medial supracondylar ridge is similar ridge on the medial side. The coronoid fossa is a depression just above the anterior aspect of the trochlea. It accommodates the coronoid process of the ulna when the elbow is flexed. The radial fossa is a depression present just above the anterior aspect of the capitulum. It accommodates the head of the radius when the elbow is flexed. Alacronon, Greek ulna head, fossa lies just above the posterior aspect of the trochlea. It accommodates the olacronon process of the ulna when the elbow is extended. Attachments The multipinnate subscapularis is inserted into the lesser tubercle. The supraspinatus is inserted into the uppermost impression on the greater tubercle. The infraspinatus is inserted into the middle impression on the greater tubercle. The teres minor is inserted into the lower impression on the greater tubercle. The pectoralis major is inserted into the lateral lip of the intertubercular sulcus. The injursion is bilaminar. The latissimus dorsi is inserted into the floor of the intertubercular sulcus. The teres major is inserted into the medial lip of the intertubercular sulcus. The contents of the intertubercular sulcus are the tendon of the long head of the biceps brachii and its synovial sheath. The ascending branch of the anterior circumflex humeral artery. Contents of the intertubercular sulcus are tendon of the long head of the biceps brachii and the ascending branch of the anterior circumflex humeral artery. Tendon of the long head of the biceps brachii and the anterior circumflex humeral artery. The deltoid is inserted into the deltoid tuberosity. The 
coracobrachialis is inserted into the rough area on the middle of the medial border. The brachialis arises from the lower half of the anteromedial anterolateral surfaces of the shaft. Part of the area extends onto the posterior aspect. Brachioradialis arises from the upper two-thirds of the lateral supracondylar ridge. The brachioradialis from the lateral supracondylar ridge. The extensor carpi radialis longus arises from lower one-third of the lateral supracondylar ridge. Pronated teres humeral head arises from the lower one-third of the medial supracondylar ridge. The superficial flexors muscles of the forearm arises by a common origin from the anterior aspect of the medial epicondyle. This is called the common flexor origin. The superficial extensor muscles of the forearm and the supinator has a common origin from the lateral epicondyle. This is called the common extensor origin. Anconius, Greek, elbow, arises from the posterior surface of the lateral epicondyle. Lateral head of the triceps brachii arises from the oblique ridge on the upper part of the posterior surface above the radial groove. This, while its medial head arises from the posterior surface below the radial groove. The capsular ligament of the shoulder joint is attached to the anatomical neck except on the medial side where the line of attachments dips down by about 2 cm to include a small area of the shaft within the joint cavity. The line is interrupted at the intertubercular sulcus to provide an aperture through which the tendons of the long head of the biceps brachii leaves the joint cavity. The capsular ligament of the elbow joint is attached to, to the lower end along a line that reaches the upper limits of the radial and the coronoid fossa anteriorly and of the olecranon fossa posteriorly so that these fossa lies within the joint cavity. Medially, the line of attachments passes between the medial epicondyle and the trochlea. On the lateral side, it passes between the lateral epicondyle and the capitulum. Three nerves are directly related to the humerus are therefore liable to injury the axillary nerve at the surgical neck, the radial nerve at the radial groove, and the ulnar nerve behind the medial epicondyle. Ossification of the humerus The humerus ossifies from one primary center and seven secondary centers. The primary centers appear in the middle of the diaphysis during the eighth week of the development. The upper end ossifies from three secondary centers, one for the head first ear and one for the greater tubercle second ear and one for the lesser tubercle fifth ear. The three centers fuse together during the sixth year to form one compound epiphysis which fuses with the shaft during the twentieth year. The epiphyseal line encircles the bone at the level of the lowest margin of the head. This is the growing end of the bone. Remember that the nutrient foramen is always directed away from the growing end. So, as the towards the elbow it goes so the growing end is the upper that is the head the lower end ossifies from four centers which forms two epiphyses the center include one for the capitulum and the lateral phalange of the trochlea 
first ear, one for the medial pharynge of the trochlea, ninth ear, and one for the lateral epicondyle, twelfth ear. All three fuse during the fourteenth ear to form another compound epiphysis which fuses with the shaft at about sixteenth ear. The center for the medial epicondyle appears during fourth to sixth ears, forms a separate epiphysis, and fuses with the shaft during the twentieth ear. Clinical anatomy The common sites of fracture of the humerus are the surgical leg, shaft, and the supracondylar region. Supracondylar fracture is a common in young age. It is produced by a fall on the outstretched hand. The lower fragment is mostly displaced backward so that the elbow is undoubtedly prominent. As in dislocation of the elbow joint, the fracture may cause injury to the median nerve. It may also lead to Volkmann's ischemic contractor, contracture caused by occlusion of the brachial artery. The three bony points of the normal elbow form a triangular in a flexed elbow and are in one line in an extended elbow. Occlusion of the brachial artery, vesting of the forearm, clawing of the fingers and the thumb, supracondylar fracture of the humerus. Volkmann's ischemic contracture. Relation of the lateral epicondyle, olecranon process, and medial epicondyle in flexed elbow and extended elbow. Medial epicondyle, lateral epicondyle, olecranon process forms a triangle. Now, medial epicondyle and lateral epicondyle and olecranon process lie in one line. The humerus has a poor blood supply at the junction of its upper one-third and the lower two-third. Fracture at this side shows delayed union or non-union. The head of the humerus com commonly dislocates inferiorly. What inferiorly? Normal position of the humerus and humerus dislocates inferiorly. Actually, humerus dislocates inferiorly. Always. Okay. In most of the cases, inferiorly. Now, we will see general features of the right humerus seen from front is greater tubercle, lesser tubercle, head, intertubercular sulcus, epiphyseal line, morphological neck, lateral lip, medial lip, deltoid tuberosity, medial border, anatomic, anterior border, nutrient foramen, anterolateral surface, anteromedial surface, Lateral supracondylar ridge, medial supracondylar ridge, radial fossa, coronoid fossa, lateral epicondyle, medial epicondyle, capitulum, trochlea, and its medial edge. General features of the right humerus seen from back. Head, anatomical neck, surgical neck, epiphyseal line, morphological neck, oblique ridge, deltoid tuberosity, lateral border, medial border, olacranon fossa, epiphyseal line of the middle epicondyle attachments of the right humerus anterior view and the posterior view supraspinatus subscapularis interrupted capsular attachment pectoralis major latissimus dorsi teres major middle head of the triceps brachii coracobrachialis deltoid brachialis, brachioradialis, extensor carpi radialis longus, common extensor origin, capsular line, pronator teres, common flexor origin, 
attachments of right humerus posterior view head covered with articular cartilage capsular line supraspinatus infraspinatus teres minor lateral head of the triceps brachii from the oblique ridge radial groove middle head of the triceps brachii deltoid brachialis capsular line olacranon fossa and corneas posterior surface of the lateral epicondyle okay this was all about the humerus bone and the relation of the axillary radial and the ulnar nerve to the back of the humerus axillary nerve at the surgical neck radial nerve in the radial groove and ulnar nerve behind the medial epicondyle thank you